Hey, our new Nintendo Power came in the mail. Yay, what game is it? <gasps> a game. Dragon Warrior. Let's pop it in. An hour later in the game. Man, that was one tough dragon. I mean, what's behind this door here? I am Gwilin, daughter of Lorik. Will thou take me to the castle? Lady, listen, I-, I got a dragon lord to go defeat. I don't have time to escort you to the castle. But thou must. Oh, look, look, look. This cave isn't that bad, really. I mean, you can just walk yourself out, right? But thou must. Oh, I know. Listen, you gotta be at least level 12. Just cast evac. It's easy. But thou must. <sighs> You're not giving me much of a choice here, are you? But thou must. I mean, really... When it comes down to it, what is choice? Even the decision to refrain from action or withhold assent to a particular choice is, in itself, it's a choice. I mean, as humans, we're condemned to this falsehood called free will. It's as if we're being controlled by an outside power, forcing us down a path, saving princesses, killing dragon lords, slaying slimes that draw near. I mean, what is living? What is choice? What is meaning? Oh, God. What the heck am I doing with my life? But thou must. Fine, I'll just take you to the castle, but I gotta think about some stuff, man. I embrace thee. I think we should go play some Mario or something. This game is weird. I'm only 10. I'm too young for an existential crisis. This is RBG Backtrack, RB Gamer's official retro gaming podcast covering titles from the early days of PC gaming right up through the consoles of yesteryear. Join hosts Kelly Ryan, Matt Mason, and the estimable Mike Minky as they and their guests tell you what to borrow, what to buy, and what to relegate to that big backlog in the sky. Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, which is your news show, and Q&A Quest, which is your feedback show. We're the nostalgia show, and we've got some heavy nostalgia this show. Uh, My co-host, the expert of our topic, our Dragon Quest guru, Mr. Matt Mason. Woohoo! I'm glad to be here. This is like bringing it full circle. First time uh, Kelly, you and I chatted was on a uh, Dragon Quest Seven podcast. So yes, good to That's return right. to our roots here. <laughs> That's right. I remember being very frustrated because that was one of the first shows we tried with Discord, and you'd seem to cut out every five seconds. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That was an interesting experiment. And then we're returning for another fine show, Miss Cassandra Ramos. Are you muted? Uh, I just unmuted myself. Hello. <laughs> She is returning. Uh, Okay, yes. Yes. Hello, everybody. That was weird. Ah, technical difficulties. And then uh, we're on the show for the first time, uh, Andy. Nice to meet everybody. Yes, nice to meet you, too. Fellow Dragon... I I, I assume that you're a huge Dragon Quest fan since you signed up. Yes, yes. I actually... I jumped on the bandwagon. I feel kind of weird. I jumped on the bandwagon. The first one I played through was actually 11. I've played a bunch of them. Over time, I just never actually beat one, and I beat 11, and now I'm just starting back at the very beginning. And, you know, obviously I've played through and beat one, and I'm getting through two on Switch, the Switch boards right now. Oh, I right. always love welcoming, welcoming new newcomers to the series. 
And to our show. And, and to our show, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Very welcoming here on our BG Backtrack. We might have a Shannon later. Um, it's currently AWOL on Discord. We'll, we wish you Celsi. If you hear a voice pop in, that will be Shannon. But otherwise, um, got a lot to talk about today. So wrap up this intro, have a quick musical interlude, and then we'll just jump right into the original Dragon Quest for our main event. And then the roundtable will just be, you know, us talking about our favorite Dragon Quest stuff. So stick around. Be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are celebrating Dragon Quest's 35th birthday. It's like, man, this saying 35th birthday just makes this game feel old to me and makes me feel old because I just turned 39. I've got a few years on you, so (laughs) I've already felt old. (laughs) Yeah, this game is a few months older than I am, so (laughs) born the same year, I'll be in December. That's about like me, I'm... Yeah, I was born the same year this came out in Japan. Getting up there, but yeah, came out on May 27th, 1986 in Japan, and then August 1989 in the U.S. Uh, Yeah, I thought that I knew everything about the history of this game, and then I started looking into it, and there was stuff about this game that I had never heard of. Like, uh, the fact that Enix started out as a publisher of tabloid magazines for retail. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, real estate. Why did I say retail? Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then um, in 1982, switched to video game publishing just because that was the new hot thing. And the name Enix comes from the first computer, ENIAC, and the word Phoenix, which I thought was a neat little tidbit there. And they had hired their first talent by having a game programming contest, and that's how they got Yuji Hori, because um, he, he was a writer for Shonen Jump originally, and then programmed a game called Love Match Tennis, and that's how he ended up working for Enix. Actually, I think he came in second, oh, if I want to... Huh. There was something. There, were, there was something about that, like... I've heard so many different stories over the years that, you know, who knows, but that that's how it was that contest that got him on their radar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I just wrote down what the Wikipedia article said. It, it <laughs> could be wrong. Uh, you know, Wikipedia, it's, it's, 100% accurate all the time, right? Yes. People don't uh, make errors on there. Yeah, look at looking at his Wikipedia, it just says he placed. I, I want to say he came in second, but then, like, that, that got him on the radar and... Into fact, the, uh... check, fact checked us in the comments, kids. <laughs> um, and then, you know, at the time, it, and I didn't know this either because, you know, I was four years old at the time, but PC RPGs were incredibly obscure and pretty much just kind of copied right from D&D, which was already complicated to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Hori basically wanted to make a game that kind of combined the storytelling of text-based adventures with um, Zork and King's Quest and 
the fun exploration of computer RPGs like Wizardry and Ultima. And he also wanted to make an RPG that would be a little bit more accessible, um, not quite have all the stats and crazy grinding that was in some of those older games, which I don't know if you guys have ever tried to play those older games, but they are just crazy difficult. I've played Ultima 4, so yeah, just out of curiosity. <laughs> so at least I have I, some inkling. Yeah, I, I wish that we had uh, Phil on here right now, because he'd be able to school us on that. I was going to say, talk about uh, old D&D games. <laughs> um, the, the closest I ever got to playing that old school was Darkspire, calling back to an old joke, Phil having PTSD over oh, that God. game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, think, I, like, I, I toy with the idea of, like, trying Ultima 1 through 3, but I have no idea how to oh. actually do that. Well, maybe a Calabath, is that really accessible? You could probably emulate it at this point. Yeah. And, and and now that I'm thinking about it, I also tried to play um, D&D Mark of the Sun or something on the Genesis, which had a very weird angle where it looked like the characters were just standing on the ceiling. And that just came off as weird to me. But yeah, the, the, the TLDR of this is that RPGs were hard back then, so he wanted to make something more accessible, and he also wanted to reach pretty much as wide of an audience as possible. So that's why they hired Akira Toriyama, and at one point, a PC game feedback questionnaire um, managed to get music composer Koichi Sugiyama and I, I guess he was already famous, so the CEO was like, is this really you, when he had responded to the feedback questionnaire? <laughs> yeah, he was already a name in Japan before yep. getting pulled into this. And and that's all we're going to say about him. So, <laughs> the end. Yeah, though so he, he was apparently, did a lot of TV commercials back in the day, and that's why the music has kind of a catchy within three to five seconds theme to it. So, like all these Talented people got together and they made a little game called Dragon Quest. Or, yeah, Dragon Quest. Um, and, yeah, is meant to be a very accessible RPG. Um, <laughs> getting into the gameplay, have you guys played an RPG in the past 35 years? Yeah, a few. Well, yes, a few. One or two. Not not that many, you know. <laughs> Um, that's the gameplay. It, it's where it all started. The whole st stats thing, random encounters. I mean, th there were some games that had a bunch of that before that, but this is what kind of made that whole style popular for normal mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but, you know, reading through all the stuff that they stuck in this game to, to make it accessible, it's stuff that we take it for granted so much now. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't the first to, like, do any of these things, really, but it was the first to put them all together on an easy-to-play console and, you know, just get the whole thing going. Like, yeah, th there were stats, there was grinding in Ultima, you know, you're moving around fighting people in this, return-based battles here... You know, but to put it together in such an easy to understand, easy to comprehend fashion for mass consumption. You know, I don't think Ultima One was selling two million copies. Yeah, um, he, he so Hori wanted the player to be able to actually play through the story without having to do a lot of grinding, which, which is hilarious because you know <laughs> the the game is about ten hours long and about five hours that is going to be grinding. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, back then, games were more arcade games and meant to steal your quarters. So the idea of when you die, you can, you know, continue where you left off. You just lose half your gold seemed unheard of from back then. Yep. 
And yeah, just, you know, any challenge could be overcome just by spending a little bit more time getting to that next level, getting that maybe opening that next spell, having heal more, getting that hurt more. Uh, getting, That's getting what we put it over, back, over the top. Getting mm-hmm. it back and warp to get around easier. That's something yep. that I take for granted now. And I, I, at this point, I get mad when games don't have it. And here, here this game is in 1986 doing that fast travel thing. And you didn't even have to buy an amiibo to do that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shade. <laughs> um, see what what else? Um, I I didn't know that the level curve was meant to make you very strong very early and then kind of tapered off toward the end of the game so that it could teach you that leveling helped you overcome hurdles hmm. yeah that that was something that was new to me um i did know about the whole name your name affects your stats thing yeah, i had Although, no idea huh. yeah yeah um, the original I, original ones yeah did, have they not carried that forward i don't think so not that I, to I, my, i'm not even sure if the remakes have that Okay, and and that's one of those things that smarter people than I have calculated all of that stuff and have made name generators. Oh that. yeah. Um, the the one of the let's plays that I like to watch from H. C. Bailey, he named his character Kefka because he did a lot of research and apparently that was the best name he could think of. So. <laughs> well, it couldn't have been the original NES because it wasn't four letters long. Yeah, I think he might have shortened it or something, but that was the name he said. K F K. But yeah, <laughs> we all know how to shorten things. Those of us that grew up with the four letter limits. <laughs> oh um, yes. <laughs> Memory's a fantasy star. <laughs> oh, it was all Final Fantasy 1 that I remember. I was actually Jeez. thinking about Pokemon, to be honest. You're thinking oh, yeah. longer than four characters in that game. I think you could do six in, in that, though, to be honest. Because I think I know it was a little more than four, but it's still, you, you had to work around it. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, kids these days, never knowing. Um, the idea of a game kind of having a huge open world back then wasn't i mean you had zelda now that i'm thinking about the timeline i don't even know what came first zelda or this that's a good question you keep talking i'll look that up (laughs) yes yes please fact fact check live fact checking but um i want to say you had games like hide light and on the uh on the nes i think yeah i I, that that game came up during my research um because that was one of the hurdles that they had to overcome yeah was that players were more interested in action RPGs at the time. Andy wins. Three months. It it came out three months. Yeah, because Zelda, this is their 35th this year, too. Yeah. People have been going crazy because they're not getting the love that Mario did like last year. Oh, you mean having games and then taking them away from us eventually? (laughs) So much love. So much love. (laughs) I have my sealed copy of 3D (laughs) All-Stars. Yeah, when I was... I was organizing my Switch games this, earlier this week, and I was like, man, I can't get this anymore. I should buy it on the digital store. Oh, it's passed. Nope. <laughs> I, I honestly thought that was a joke the first time I, I read it when they actually announced, oh, it's only going to be digital for this time. I'm like, why would you do this? Yeah, I was, I was I mean, pretty sure. Or at least I that they'd announced the, that they'd the sell physical. them separately. But so far, no. Yeah. Oh, Nintendo, you hurt us so but yeah, the, the idea that you can actually see your end goal at the beginning of Dragon Quest and eventually you're going to make it there, that just seems so revolutionary for the time. And ha- having the difficulty pretty much being s- separated by all of the bridges in the game where you go over the bridge, all of a sudden there's a difficulty spike. Oh yeah, suddenly you hit a ghost <laughs> and you're toast. 
<laughs> here's the welcome slime or whatever's across the bridge. Yes, nowadays it would be the she slime, but back then it was the red slime. <laughs> but yes, so many things. I mean, just going through the list, so many things that we take for granted now, but seemed just revolutionary at the time. Um, the story is it, your basic story. You know, you save the princess and you destroy the dragon lord. But I forgot that you don't even necessarily have to save the princess. You can pretty much just skip over her. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, she's just not in the end of the game. If you if you choose not to go get her, she's just still in that cave forever. <laughs> <laughs> you can also beat the game while holding the princess. Yeah. Yeah, I think in remakes, the dragon lord will comment like, oh, thanks for bringing her to me. <laughs> <laughs> they thought of a yeah. few things like that yeah it, uh, and it kind of sets the seeds for like each town kind of has its little, little bitty problem that you have to solve but it's not quite the scope that we're used to now um the other thing that i find fascinating is that it had the un- unconventional ending where you side with the dragon lord and the game just ends and then you immediately begin dragon quest builders <laughs> well many many years later 30 hey, years later <laughs> That's that's for hardcore players. Okay, okay. Yeah, boot up. and yeah, just something uh, curious about the Dragon Lord. Apparently, for the like a long time on the internet, there was a rumor that in the original Japanese version, the the dragon that the Dragon Lord transforms into in his second form was actually his pet dragon, but that was a some kind of bizarre mistranslation. But no, it, it, like the Dragon Lord always transformed into his true form. Mm-hmm. Even in the Japanese version, and which oh. I think it's, I, I thought that I'm sure games did it earlier, but it's probably one of the one of the first times that a boss had a second form, and it's a staple, oh. you know, staple of game since. I was gonna say this did set the. It wasn't all that many turn-based games before it to have a boss, so... Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, they did originally want to have party members in this game, but the memory constraints back then, it just couldn't happen. I think they wanted the multiplayer, we'll say, too. I wonder how that would work. Um, what, what gets to me is, and I didn't notice this until someone pointed this out, is that in this game, you have the backgrounds when the slime show... when the uh, monsters show up and that's cool but in the second game they took those backgrounds away and that was to make more room for the more party members i was gonna say yeah the second game came out pretty quickly um i want to say it was like a year after. it was a little less in the I first year i think yeah i think it's like maybe a month less or a day less something like that oh. it, it was within the first year <laughs> yep so yeah they they whipped that out pretty quickly i know that uh that's one of the reasons i've seen i've read some stuff um hori talking about it because the second game has some difficulty spikes at the end and some kind of ridiculous um shenanigans going out there and like the instant kill defeat spells that work uh-huh. a little too well sometimes on your party of three but that was because that first game was such a huge hit. They were like, let's go. Let's get number two out immediately. Let's let's do this. Oh, I forgot you about know. those instant kills. No one, and immediacy, no one did which uh, modern modern game designers do, don't feel at all anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of the plot in the nutshell. Now, now let's talk about the NES version real quick. Um, came out five years after the uh, original Japanese release, which that's a I mean, they kind of have done it a little bit with the 3DS versions, but this still that feels like a long time for a game to come out. Yeah, that is uh, quite a while. Mm-hmm. But um, luck- luckily, because it kind of took so long to came out, we we got the better version of the game. Uh, the the sprite actually the your character sprite actually points in directions now instead of just, it's just like a static image like the ultimate games of 
past. Yeah, I've seen like the footage of the Japanese version. It just looks so strange seeing the sprite just sliding back and forth without yeah. being able to turn. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems strange, but then if you've seen the footage of Ultima from back then, it kind of makes sense why yeah, they did it like that. that that's it does make me wonder how much memory that those extra animations took up. Have, I, you know, did NES carts experience, you know, greater memory storage like devices today have? You know, um, like later generation well, NES carts can hold more than early ones? I want to say it depends because I know that Castlevania 3, the North American version, didn't have that chip that made it sound better. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were at least different versions of the cart that they could have yeah I, i've also seen like different carts on the inside whether or not they held more memory or not i don't know but when i've opened up carts before I, i've had seen different shapes but it wasn't it wasn't like the crazy kind of chips that like they had in the um, snes days where you had the super fx chip and all of that so i don't know that's good question just <laughs> yeah, just thinking about, like, you know, what they publish these days where, you know, there's 8 gigabyte Switch cards and 16 mm-hmm. gigabyte ones. And, or even, like, the, the different sizes of DS cards. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the origin for Square Because they <laughs> use bigger cards. Maybe. <laughs> but, um, oh, man. another huge improvement is that we actually got a battery backup instead of a password. What was it, 20, 20 characters or something? Yeah. I, I, I take for granted the fact that I can take pictures of passwords on my phone now because when I've played old games before, I've done that. Not so much back then. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, I, think, I think for at least the Japanese, like Dragon Quest 2 and other games, like the original Megami Tensei 1 was also password. Only. So, All I can uh, think about is angry video game nerd. <laughs> Why is that password so long? <laughs> <laughs> Or heaven forbid you can use a zero for a O. <laughs> oh, then you're SOL for a while. Yeah. So yeah, we we have it so easy these days. Um, some other changes that the fact that they changed the game to Dragon Warrior because there was a already a Dragon Quest that was kind of a subsidiary of D and D, and I don't which one was it the was first a board one? game. Yeah, board game. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a D and D board game. And now I'm blanking on what was the first game to be called Dragon Quest in the U S. And I want to say it was eight. eight. It was yeah, eight. eight. It was eight. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the eight changed the whole series quite a bit. Naming conventions. It went all full on pun. You got that Final Fantasy twelve demo too. Yes, you did. Hey, I'll uh. talk about that <laughs> in the uh, round table. Um, they had also changed the. Uh, Art in the book or in the booklet and in the uh, on the cover to match more Western tastes. So instead of cute anime critters, you've got the um, beefed up box art, the oil painted. Yeah, Hercules, stuff. man, right? Yeah. yeah. American Kirby is hardcore as a yes. goes. Yes, <laughs> and if if you've ever looked up images that are in the strategy guide for Dragon Quest that was in Nintendo Power, like they they beat the poor slime with an ugly stick. <laughs> and it, it's funny my, my one of my friends said that he got that nintendo power and saw that artwork and was like man i'll bet that dragon quest game looks so cool and he was shocked when he found out that all the monsters were cutesy sprites instead of the american <laughs> artwork so false advertising <laughs> yeah he, he had the opposite effect uh, we also got the the, the text localized to kind of the thou speak i don't yes. want to say old english because early modern me. english <laughs> yeah early modern english Whew, i think we have an expert here because yes yeah. <laughs> We would have misspoken.
token. Yeah, so, something that I think went away in later games, but then came back when they started doing accents with towns. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, in a long string of censorship, the Puff Puff women, she just sells tomatoes now. Oh, how sad. Yeah, very sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, t- to say this game had an impact is kind of a understatement. Um, two million copies of the Japanese version sold back then. Yeah, and for a role-playing game, that's... You know, this was no Mario. Yeah, for a role-playing game, for it being Japan selling that many copies, usually, you know, it's America that gets into the millions when it comes to sales. So that that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the North American version didn't do nearly as well as Nintendo hoped. Um, I guess it was marketing. I mean, who, who knows what, what caused the failure, but... It's okay because if you signed up for Nintendo Power for twenty bucks, you got a free copy of the game. <laughs> oh, I've read some interesting articles going into what it took to move those half million copies of the game that year, <laughs> and the uh, the North American, you know, like a dozen people who had to do that, you know, address half a million copies, and you know, they just kind of got the. I think it was the uh, North American NX itself. Like it wasn't Nintendo that had them on hand, so uh, they had wow. to get you know five hundred thousand mailing lists and be like hey by the way ship these out <laughs> get going yeah. i wonder if that might have started their subscription uh, sorry and yeah. if if you want any idea how common this game is when i was looking up the prices you can get an og nes copy for as low as 99 cents wow at yeah. least that was the starting bid and box copies go for nothing um i have a box copy yeah i, I wonder if it's because of this that like at least like console RPGs in uh, North America, like we kind of stalled for a long time. They were going to release Earthbound Beginnings way back when, but decided not to. Uh, we, you know, didn't get a bunch of the Final Fantasies. Yeah, well, like, like I know they made. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you again. No, go ahead. Um, it was just tying into that. Um, I know some of you, probably all of you, have seen this. That um, talking about not getting RPGs. You know, Nintendo, like, translated and made the prototype for, you know, Final Fantasy 2, but because RPGs were stalled out, you know, we never, we never got it. We, you know, like, we were just talking about this. It didn't seem to work out, un- unfortunately. I don't think it helped that the game came out so late here that they were already looking forward to the to, any, yeah, yeah, Nintendo. Which, and, which yeah, yeah, which is why we didn't get Earthbound, like the that original Earthbound as Earthbound. Instead, it had to be t- turned into Earthbound Beginnings many years later. Didn't they do the same thing with Earthbound, though? Didn't they already have like a, a yeah, actual same, same thing. made prototype? Yeah, fully translated prototype, decided not to release it because the you know, RPGs weren't doing so hot and the SNES was right around the corner. Yeah. Well, th- this would be a recurring theme with Dragon Quest 2 because you got Dragon Quest 7 coming over to the United States on the PlayStation 1 like a year after PS2 came out. We never got the uh, SNES versions of anything. Mm-hmm. For Dragon Quest, because it was kind of like, eh, well, it's a little bit late. PlayStation's coming up. <laughs> the uh, what am I trying to say? The the 3DS ports of seven and eight came out very late. Oh yeah. And the cycle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and the, the the remake of seven was like one of the first 3DS games. Oh yeah, yeah, they were they were on the on the game in Japan, but we're <laughs> like, eh, that's a lot oh. of text. Maybe we don't want to redo that. <laughs> oh, that just, that just breaks. Or at the time, that broke my soul knowing that that wasn't going to possibly come out because that was one of the reasons why I bought a 3DS was because I wanted that game so bad. Oh, I bought my 3DS thinking we'd be getting Terry's Wonderland. 
<laughs> the remake of the Monsters game. And, you know, two years ago, I finally played it. Fan translation and all. This is exactly why I get so mad at the Earthbound fans for Mother 3, because it's like, welcome to being a JRPG fan. You, that's all you know is disappointment. <laughs> yeah, particularly it's, early it's on. True. Yes. Not so much now, but back then. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, and, and yeah, the game has been ported numerous times. Um, we got the Super Famicom, the Game Boy Color, the mobile phone version, the Wii version, which was a compilation of, a whole, I think, pretty much every game in the series up to the, that the point. Three, the, the first three. Oh, I the thought, first three. I, I, was, I, I wanted that to come out, too, but eh, that never happened. That was either I, a, it was a 20th or 25th anniversary collection. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I want to say 20th, I, maybe. I saw that in Japan and was like, oh, I want it, but I can't play it because I don't know Japanese, and I, I ended up leaving it behind. Mm-hmm. And then and then we've got the uh, Switch version, mm-hmm. which is pretty much a port of the mobile version. Yeah. Um, the re-releases kind of streamlined the game a little bit, remo- removing the annoying things like the door and stair buttons, which is nice. Um, they also increase the experience so that you're not spending as much time grinding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just for consistency's sake, uh, the Game Boy Color version of that goes for about as low as five bucks. Um, the mobile version is two ninety nine. <clears throat> it isn't really a bad port if you don't mind touch controls. No, I've done all the Dragon Quests on mobile. I mean, they're not perfect, but yeah, that, I mean, I did it on a, I did it on an iPad, so I had a little bigger screen. Yeah, that's how I played Dragon Quest one. Oh, the first three on a mm-hmm. mobile, on an Android, and you know, plays just fine. Yeah, yeah I, I have mine. I booted up when I'm bored with um, being in the car. Um, mm-hmm. You've also got the Switch version, which is based off the mobile port. I don't know if I said that already. Um, you can find the entire Switch trilogy for fifty bucks on Amazon, which is pricey, but I bought it because I'm a sucker, but also because I'm a physical forever. <laughs> yep. They didn't bring that out here in North America. That was a, the Asian version. But yeah. Asian version with English works good enough. Yep. And, and those crop up on Amazon so much. Now, um, this The Final Fantasy games are the Asian versions. Just mm-hmm. people buy them and resell them on Amazon. And yeah, the, the game had a legacy. That, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now if it wasn't for that game because of just what it, the impact it made on our hobby as a whole. Yeah, this entire subgenre owes you know its its existence to the, to Dragon Quest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it you know a lot of people see it as you know the granddaddy of them all, but it's for the exact reason we're talking about. Like mm-hmm. nothing else would really be around. Like we wouldn't have like Final Fantasy or. Even like you know, Star Ocean tells of more than likely at least how they are now. Yeah, Pokemon you know, definitely wouldn't exist. Oh yeah, definitely not not Pokemon, but really any just JRPG or especially turn based mm-hmm. RPG. Just if it wasn't for Dragon Quest, then it just wouldn't be here. We'd uh, still be playing PC RPGs and <laughs> trying to figure out stats and probably still grinding in Wizardry. <laughs> what what was the the dude's name in Ultima. I was I was gonna try to say something Bri- funny. Lord British? Uh, well, his title. I'm sorry, his yeah, title. Lord British. Oh, Lord British. The 
was that the the character you play? I actually have not oh, played Ultima. Uh, was that oh, the no. character you played as? You played as the Avatar. That your character is called the Avatar, and typically it's Lord British that is kind of the king of whatever yeah major town there is. Ah, uh, I see. I was just gonna segue into we probably be just talking about the Avatar right now instead of yeah. you know <laughs> Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. I mean, my my first exposure to Western RPGs was um, Dungeons and Dragons: Connie Mountain on the Intellivision, which was an action RPG. You just ran, ran around with the dude and you shot things with arrows, and that was pretty much it. So when when I saw like the Gold Box Dungeons and Dragons game when I was five, I'm like, oh, it's Dungeons and Dragons, and my sister's like, um. That's not the dragon Dungeons and Dragons you're thinking of, sweetie. <laughs> and now, th- 35 years later, I'm obsessed with Critical Role and painting Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> miniatures. So it comes with <laughs> And hey, and Dragon Quest does owe existence to Ultima and Wizardry and ultimately D&D. Yeah. The cycle goes round and round. Yeah, like like we said, you know, Dragon Quest wasn't the first, but it, it put it together in such a way to really sell it. And, you know, it's stood the st- test of time. We're here celebrating 35 years and uh, going to have an announcement in the next week of what's coming next for Dragon Quest. Um, I don't see Ultima on my E3 list or anything. <laughs> yeah, EA kind of... What a shame. EA kind of took Ultima and did what EA does. <laughs> I mean, I think that MMO is still going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is actually. Um, it's one of the oldest running MMOs there is. Mm-hmm. You just, it, talking about Lord British made me think of the one player that managed to kill Lord British and got banned. I've 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 heard about that, and just how do you do something like that? Like it's been so long since I've I've heard or read about. It. I can't remember the exact details. I just remember it did happen. <laughs> Uh, I I love getting into old MMO stories and hearing how games like that were the Wild West where, you know, you die, people can take your stuff. But regardless, um, I I think that we're going to take a little bit of a break and then we're going to come back with the round table. Andy, unfortunately, is going to have to duck out probably in the middle of the round table. But um, we'll see how, how much we can get through it. So stick around. We'll be back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack and our 35th anniversary of Dragon Quest celebration. And since we have a newbie that is going to have to duck out in a little bit because of that annoying thing called work, I'm I'm just going to let him monologue about Dragon Quest for a little bit before we get into our roundtable. Andy, you have the floor to tell us about the game, what it means to you, anything you want to talk about, for, and not just the original game, but the entire series. Well, like I had said earlier, I actually started with 11, and I very much just thoroughly enjoyed playing through Dragon Quest 11 just from start to finish. I didn't want to put it down. The only time I did put it down was, you know, to go to work. And after I, after I did all three acts of it and got, you know, the true ending and everything, I just 
decided I'm going to go back and I'm just going to start at the beginning. And, you know, I downloaded Dragon Quest 1 and 2 on my Switch, and I've been playing through those. And, you know, Dragon Quest 1, like we said earlier, you know, it's... It's an older game. It's a simpler game, but you know it's it's a titan of the of the genre for a reason. It it did what it did, and we're sitting here now because of it. And we can't be anything but thankful for it. And other series have come because of it that wanted to do their own little take on it or took inspiration. And ultimately, I'm just glad we got Dragon Quest, and I'm glad we've gotten everything because of it. And I'm looking forward to the memories I haven't got to make yet playing through all the rest of the games and if anything out there is listening willing we'll get four five and six on the uh we'll have to have you back on for um, dragon quest 2 in a year give or take either that or our um dragon quest 11 episode which i don't know is scheduled or not i'll have to see but um yeah no it, it's great that you're into the fold especially with 11 because 11 was just so good it, it really wasn't. I want to play through 11S and just just talking for a split second before I jump off here. I think I will play with some of the um, was it what was the modifiers called? Was the Draconian. Yep. Yeah, because um, the one thing I, I know they did it on purpose to kind of just help you get through the story. It seemed a little easy. Like the the monsters, it just seemed the fight seemed a little easy up until like the very end. And I think I'd like to make it just a, a tad harder, just mm-hmm. for that extra challenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've got the challenge there to make it as hard as you want it to be. Oh, I, I've <laughs> seen. I, I intentionally, I do it with the um, Legend of Heroes games as well. Now, I just, I, I turn those to easy, and I, I played this on easy, because I'm really in it for the story, but... Uh-huh. You know, going around the second time, you know, you kind of like the challenge. Yeah, you know what you're getting story-wise. Let's see what you can uh, what you can experience new. That, that could be exactly. pain. Exactly. <laughs> Legend of Heroes, it definitely will be pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. See, well, if you play S, I'd be curious to see what you thought about the 2D mode, because that's how I'm playing trying to play through S since I did 3D mode. I wanted to do 2D mode. I would like to try that just... Just at heart, my my true love lies with like 16 and 32 bit RPGs. That's just, I guess it's nostalgic because that's when I kind of came into it and during my formative years. And I I absolutely would like to play it because what I've seen like the videos and stuff, it looks really good. It looks like they put a lot of effort into making it look good, even in you know the 2D mode. Mm-hmm. it's beautiful i mean i got through about 25 hours before i was like wait a minute this is this is too soon it's within a year of me doing 100 hours of it so i had to set it aside and i i need to get back to that but no it, it's it's great i had a great 25 hours with it in that mode yeah. i mean don't get me wrong i love the game but i will admit that's the only time i've really gotten mad about being an early adopter mm, yeah but i got over it i always do well, thank you for very, very much for coming on the show, despite the short time you've been on, Andy. We'll definitely have to have you back for more stuff. Oh, uh, thank you guys for having me on here. And, and I'm you know, sorry that uh, my schedule only allowed me to be on here for the little bit of time that I had. Yeah. But once again, you know, thank you guys for letting me come on here and just you know, politely talk for a few minutes about something I really enjoy. Oh, of course. Of course. You're welcome anytime. Well, thank you. Um Yo, anybody listening out there, yo, thank you for listening. And if you haven't played Dragon Quest, play it. If you've played it, play it again. It's, <laughs> it's worth it. Mm-hmm. That it is. Well, thank you, guys. I'm going to hop off here. All right. All right, Andy. Have, have uh, a good, good time one. at work. I'll, I'll try. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, 
t- just waxing nostalgia, you know, you go back to playing some old games like Fa- Fantasy Star and even the first Final Fantasy, sometimes they just feel cl- old and clunky. And I can always go back to this Dragon Quest and devote, like, what the five hours it takes to finish through it. Oh, huh, it, it, so. I think I still take about ten. <laughs> one, one of my, I'll have to talk about it later, one of my sad Dragon Quest memories is taking too long for this game. <laughs> ah, oh, let's just jump right into it, the the Dragon Quest Roundtable, and since one is so short, I'm just going to extend this to the entire series, because um, <laughs> it, it's just left such an impression on all of us, and there's, I mean, not counting spinoffs, there's 11 games now in the series. And we probably could have a lot to talk about. So just g- going first, um, what does Dragon Quest mean to you guys? Well, I'm still very much a neophyte to the series. I've only played the first four, having played four first on the DS. I, I want to get through the whole series. I-, I currently own everything except for ten for obvious reasons. Uh, in one form or another, I just need to get around to it. And five is on the docket eventually but at least to me it's the progenitor of my other favorite series not i do enjoy what i played i haven't i have enjoyed it so far but i i can't count myself as a fan yet just as a relative newcomer that has an appreciation for the history of rpgs and video games in general Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i I do appreciate that it's the reason that we have you know megami tensei and pokemon and final fantasy earthbound probably even things like fire emblem and or and you know just the, just the jrpg genres subgenre as a whole mm-hmm. so yes that's what it means to me yeah awesome um matt i i'm sure you've got a ton to say <laughs> oh my mine'll mine will be quite a while here <laughs> um i this playing it always is like one of the two things in life that brings me the most joy um like especially and i, I think about it like what have i chosen to done spend my time online with i've run a tampa bay buccaneers page i've got a turn-based role-playing group with like twenty thousand fans but it's all because dragon quest that's what i was thinking at the time like i, I want to talk dragon quest plus the other games that have come out similar enough in, in the genre um and you know working for rp gamer and all that all all this comes back to like really two things and really just one person and that's my grandmother um i grew up i was very fortunate my great-grandparents lived right next door to me i'd be outside playing basketball on the driveway and watching my great-grandfather wave at me out the window and the other direction two doors down um my grandparents lived there and so i got you know I, i spent most of my early life with them all within walking distance um, and just seeing them out in the front yard or the backyard or doing yard work with them and mowing their yards when I was like eight years old. Um, but my grandmother was, my grandparents were first year adopters. They decided they were going to go all in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, back in 76. And they had six row 50 yard line tickets. And I got broke, brought to games as a little kid all the time. And now it's been almost 20 years that either my dad or I or just my myself has had season tickets there. And that's a big part of everything I do. I'm looking at a Buccaneers bucket in my room and looking on the wall where um, in my son's room where I'm recording and I've got a I painted a football field on his wall. Half of it is red for the Buccaneers and the other half is blue. My wife was from Boston and she's a Patriots fan. So this past year with Tom Brady on the Buccaneers has been amazing. 
Super Bowl I, and all. It's brought our uh, family all together. <laughs> I was going to say, I forgot that you've been drinking my tears since February. <laughs> so, yeah, that I, you know, and that all goes back to my grandmother. My grandmother would bring signs and yell at offensive linemen at the top of her lungs just screaming at them to block better and everything. And I'm like there with my grandmother as a little four-year-old, like, wow, Grady's going crazy here. Um, but at the same time, every year she'd always be like, what do you want? What is, what is no one going to buy you? What do you want for Christmas? And I remember telling her I'd seen uh, a friend's Nintendo Power and said, you know, Granny, it, I think I can get a free game. Like, I don't, I've only, I think I bought my Nintendo off a friend when he got um, the Sega. It'd be the Genesis, right? So yeah. I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of late into the Nintendo. I was always getting last things. My parents were like, yeah, we're never going to buy you a video game, whatever. You, you've got your Commodore 64. Live with that. Um, but I told her, I said, you know, I really haven't gotten any games for this other than, you know, the half dozen or so that my friend gave me with it. Um, but I can get this game. It looks really cool. It's called Dragon Warrior. And she was like, okay, well, I'll look into it. I gave her something, just probably a name. I mean, what did you have back there? You didn't have websites or anything. Um, and I just kind of forgot about it. And then months later on Christmas Day, I get a couple magazines and Dragon Warrior from her. And that was just so big. And, you know, since then, I've, I remember being off of school, like begging myself my way out of school when Dragon Quest 2 or 3 came out. Um, I can't remember exactly which, but like I was in middle school and my mom was like, oh, I'm going to the mall today. And I'm like, <coughs> I'm a little bit sick. Can I just take today off and go to the mall with you? And making sure I'd saved up like $60 or whatever it was for that Dragon Quest back then and pouring over the maps in the car for hours until we picked my sister up from school and went back home. And, you know, just uh, I'll talk about some other Dragon Quest memories later, but this led to I, I've played all the different games, every English title that's come out. I've owned it. I bought it, played it usually more than once. All the fan translations I have followed and downloaded day one and played them the second they came out. Um, I've beaten tons of the Japanese ones. I had, you know, like many of us upstanding citizens did. I had a card to emulate stuff on my DS back in the day. Mm -hmm. And when all these DS games started coming out, um, getting the releases in Japan, the remakes, I remember day one, someone found that there was a switch in the code of the Japanese Dragon Quest IV, and it had the English text embedded in it. Like 98 percent of it was there. So I like I got to play the English translation the day after it was out in Japan in Japanese. And I played, gosh, I think Dragon Quest V all the way to completion on the DS in Japanese, knowing almost nothing except for having played the game a few times um, Super Nintendo wise. And Joker one, I think I did pretty much all of it in Japanese a year before it would come out. Um, I just finished a couple weeks ago Theater Rhythm Dragon Quest, which, I mean, you're tapping the A button. It's not exactly reading Dragon yeah. Quest Ten, which is pandemic life. That's what I did. I uh, followed a couple people's recommendations, figured out how to get a free subscription for Dragon Quest Ten on the Switch. Um, I think it's still available. You can play, like, through version 2.4 or 2.5 for free. It's been out so long. Um, and I played on the Switch and got about 35 hours, 30, 35 hours into it and beat the final boss of um, the version 1.0 just so I could uh, 
feel that sense of accomplishment and that, yes, I've beaten a boss in every Dragon Quest game ever. Um, and <laughs> that, that took a lot of brain power. <laughs> I think I did that in about the span of two or three weeks. And I was, people were like, oh, you got to go back and do this. You got to go back and do that. And I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I, I tried hard, but I took a week off and everything else was gone. All the muscle memory for the menus. And by then it was like, you know, you needed to start doing crafting or being able to buy stuff off the boards for better equipment. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, that's way too much <laughs> translation. That's way too much effort. I, I like, beat version 1.0. I beat Dragon Quest 10. That's good enough for me. <laughs> it's like I, I think about the crap I have to go through and wow. And then a language barrier on top oh. of that. And my brain just starts melting. So hats <laughs> off to you, sir. <laughs> and then, of course, um, yeah, I mentioned the Facebook group I've got of turn base. And that's where I met Phil um, a little over three years ago. And he messaged me and it was like, hey, can I promote my uh, uh, podcast on your site? I don't want to just like post links to my podcast. And I was like, dude, so I made this site. Anything like turn based, like if you do it, post about it. it great. And um, I want to say it was Radiant Historia, his episode about it. And it came out like right around when they were doing the, uh, chrono the perfect chronology got released. But I, I do remember listening to RPG Backtrack and that was the very first RPG Backtrack um, and Phil and I just started chatting a lot um, on Facebook Messenger, and eventually he was like, you know, we're gonna be, we're gonna be doing some Dragon Quest episodes in the next year on RPG Backtrack. Maybe you want to join RP Gamer. So that got me on the RP Gamer, uh, the the dangling the Dragon Quest fruit in front of me. Uh, got me on staff, and like I said, uh, Kelly, you and I we first met on the Dragon Quest Seven podcast. And uh, you lucked into not being on the eight and nine mega marathon. That was pretty much my fault um, because I wouldn't stop talking about them. <laughs> and, you know, a year after that, uh, for almost two years now, I've had my own podcast that I run, uh, Dragon Quest Slime Time, wherever podcasts can be heard. And then, you know, well, being a guest on here all the time and for the last six months doing this, like all, all of that, all of this goes back to Dragon Quest and all the other hundreds of JRPGs I play and just all of that in like my whole love for football and sports and uh, the Buccaneers. Like I, I can just sum this all up in like just one person and that's my grandmother. So, Aww. you know, it it. it it's so much of my life that I can like trace to just the actions of one person. And like, you know, what if my grandmother didn't buy that that day? Or what if they were like, nah, you know, there's a new football team in town, whatever. We'll see what happens with them. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that, that messes me up when the actions can be traced to like one thing. Mm -hmm. That, that mm -hmm. if it didn't happen, you wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, Dragon Quest is quite meaningful to me. I will wrap that up in that summation oh well uh, my i mean mine isn't quite as epic as yours <laughs> but so uh, i didn't play dragon quest until the game boy color version and it was back when i got my um, game boy advance xp uh, my game boy advance sp i was working at the radio the local radio station at the time and i was in college so my game boy advance went everywhere with me and it was at the time when, you know, you, you could just get ridiculous deals on used games at GameStop. Or I guess it was EB Games back then. So, you know, I only made like, what, a hundred bucks a paycheck because I worked part time at the radio station. So every two weeks I'd get my paycheck, I'd put it in the bank, and then I'd just run to GameStop and just dig through the bargain bins and try to find stuff. 
And I, I'll never forget get picking up Dragon the Dragon Quest one and two pack for God I want to say like ten bucks. It, it was stupid cheap back then. And being like, okay, well my my friends online tell me that this is better than Final Fantasy, so I'm I'm gonna get this. And I'm gonna see what it's like. And got it and played it and had a, had a very good time playing it. And then immediately, I, I played through both games and then immediately hopped on eBay and grabbed uh, three for the Game Boy Color and played through that. And while not as impactful as your Dragon Quest story, it just kind of like, well, here's a whole new world of games that I've never played before that I get to check out. Uh, I don't think that any fan, no, there were fan translations of four and five and six back then, mm-hmm. but I didn't four, four really... came out in the United States. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, five and six. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why four, the fact that four was out is always a blank spot in my mind probably because four is stupid expensive now yeah, it, yeah well it didn't see a remake until the ds version yeah. at least in the states i think there was a ps1 remake in japan mm-hmm. so i then at that time i couldn't really get into to seven because it came out on the playstation and you know that's that one with the notorious 30 hour intro and that one i couldn't really get into but i like the classic games and I mean, while it's not my favorite RPG series, I do love playing them. Just I, I love the I love the characters and I love the monster designs. I think they're very cute. Um, I I collect slimes now. I I love buying slime plushes. Um, um, I'll save that for the memories. I have a better memory than what I wrote down. But yeah, um, I just I'm. I'm, I'm very in love with this series, and I can't wait to hear what the, what they're going to announce next week. Um, well, I think it's going to be Dragon Quest Twelve. I'm hoping that it's a remake of Nine on the Switch. Uh, I'll give my prediction right now. I think it's going to open with Dragon Quest Nine Switch, maybe coming quite soon, at least relatively in Japan. I think that'll be out this year at some point. And then with an announcement of the Monsters game is still going on two and a half years after announcing that Eric would be our next uh, Dragon Quest Monsters hero. Um, maybe like, hey, you know, next year, wait, we'll we'll have that out next year. And, and I think they're going to close with a little bit of a little teaser for Dragon Quest Twelve, And that's probably quite a, you know, maybe a year or two away in Japan and longer for us. But mm-hmm. I think we're going to get I think we're going to get all three. Well, I want to be a long shot and it's probably not going to happen because I think those people left. I want Builders 3 more than anything. Mm. I think I'll, yeah, t- <laughs> I'll take Builders 3 over 12. I'll be the outlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll eventually get 12. You know that's going to come. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Three's the one. The Builders 3 is definitely a question mark. Uh, I can't remember if it was the producer or the director. Um, one, of the, one of the big pushes behind that did leave the company after the second one. So, you know, plenty of people there that worked on it, but there may not be somebody banging on the doors like, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I know those games did crazy well here, all things considered. Yeah, for a Dragon Quest spinoff, that's, uh, they might be. I, I still see people today, like, on YouTube, like, hey, guess what? I just remade this. I, I talked to a guy last year who remade the entire... Um, what is it? One of the Link games, the the Super the first Super Nintendo one. Oh um, yeah, the um, Link to the Past. Yeah. Link to the Past. He made the entire Link to the Past world wow. in Dragon Quest Builders. And talking to him, he spent like 500 hours on this because he made he started to make it in Dragon Quest Builders one, 
then was like, oh, crud, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is coming out. So he got Dragon Quest Builders 2 in Japanese and started working on it again, put a 100 hours or so into it. Then it was like, oh, crud, now it's out in English. Maybe I should have done it in a language I understand. <laughs> yeah, Talking to him about his process with that, I'm like, my gosh. That's crazy dedication. Um, so I, I bought a 3D printer for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, my little birthday present to myself and so i've just been downloading models like crazy and one of the first things that i tried to find is dragon quest stuff because I, I wanted to print slimes because of course and found that the dude that has done a lot of the uh, uh dragon quest builders videos on youtube made basically dragon quest builders amiibos to print wow. oh wow so I, i'm working on another project right now that i i'm being very secretive about because it's a surprise for someone but i think my next printing project is going to be doing a full set of these dragon quest builders amiibos because they are awesome looking and whoever modeled the, these are just like i i can't believe that you modeled these and i'm blanking on the name of the guy that did it but i know that it's the I think it is the guy that did the link to the past YouTube. Is it Ben XC? Yeah, Ben XC. That, that's him. Yep, yep. Yeah. He he was wonderful. Uh, he's from Germany or Austria, somewhere in Central Europe, and ha- having him on was he, he was just he was a great person to talk to. He was very talkative and could just talk forever about the things that he did, which is great because you know sometimes you have a podcast and you're talking to these people that you've never met or really interacted with, like hey, you want to be on? But you know he makes yeah. some great. YouTube videos, so. Uh, ben Cross, I'm I'm gonna link. To yeah, it's okay. it's it's Ben Cross. That it, it's Ben XC, but it's like the X is the cross. <laughs> if you if you ever talk to him again, just let him know. Like, hey, you have a girl in Kansas that loves your models on Thingverse. <laughs> I just nice. sent you the link to them. I'm, and and yeah, I'm gonna have to print that dragon too. I know. Uh, I I've been for 15 years on the website uh, Wudus.com, the Dragon's Den, and he's pulled a lot of 3D models, I want to say, from the uh, PC version of Eleven. Mm -hmm. So a couple years ago, uh, when we we first got our 3D printers at work, and I, I was in the classroom right next to the IT guys, and they're like, we can't really think of anything to print. You want us to print stuff for you? I was like, one, bow ties. Give me bow ties in many colors. Um, and two, here's a bunch of uh, models. I've got my uh, Platinum King slime, which they were so furious how much scaffolding they had to oh. remove for it. Oh, God. Because <laughs> of the little crown on it. I mean, it's a nice, big, solid like diamond jewel, but mm-hmm. that crown, it actually printed out pretty well. And I've got the golem and a couple different versions of slimes and everything. I, I was going to say, is it an FDM or a resin? Oh gosh, it's the filament. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. filaments are pain in the ass. I've I've got a yep. resin one. Oh, nice. Because I did um I want I paint miniatures, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I I am no stranger to those stupid supports, and I mm-hmm. clip, clip them off, and they go flying across the room, and it's like, well, I hope <laughs> one of the cats doesn't eat that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do think that obviously the Dragon Quest series means a lot to us. As mm-hmm. RP gamers, um, mm-hmm. so just kind of a segue. If we haven't already talked about it, what's your best Dragon Quest memory? Uh, at least in my case, it's more for I guess being happy for other people because I, I have a friends and acquaintances that really love this series. So when I heard that the hero was going to be in Smash Brothers Ultimate, just like yay, finally! 
just like it's just like this it's you know like dragon quest in the west has been struggling for quite a while and it feels like every time it's kind of picking up something's you know kind of slows down again mm-hmm. i think it's finally keeping on the up and up but it just seems like it's such a big moment in this you know major popular franchise of you know super crossover fighting game at last we get the progenitor of the jrpg a, a, you know a rep there a stage just just was really really neat to see and I just I felt really happy for people that especially like that. And, you know, I enjoy fighting as him. I, so, yeah. I will say this. I was happy that he got announced just so that I could buy his amiibo. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I make a, I make a point to get all the JRPG guys. But no, that's that's awesome. And yeah, I, I'm very happy that he's in there, too. I, I had quite a few memories written down, and that that's actually one of them. Um, remembering where I was when, like, certain Dragon Quests have been announced. I mean, this has only been... More, more of the last 10 years, uh, I wasn't following day-to-day data overload on Twitter and whatever 10 years ago. But yeah, that Smash release, uh, I want to say it was like at noon Eastern when that uh, dropped. And I remember like being in the doorway of my classroom and I had camp at the time and I was like shuffling half a dozen kids out. Um, their parents were waiting right out there and the other half of the dozen kids, I was letting my high school volunteers take over to uh, the lunchroom. And I had my phone out and like was watching everything start. And cause I mean, there's a lot of rumors that it might be him beforehand. And like, yeah, I got kids going one way, kids going the other. I'm trying to keep my eye on everybody. And like all of a sudden you see the hero bust through there. That was, that, that was a great memory. Um, a couple of years before I was in a robotics class uh, had a bunch of high schoolers in there helping my Lego robotics team deal with stuff. And I, I, I like distinctly remember they were having a big argument on building a robot with um, tank tread tires or just regular old round, t- round tires with rubber wheels. And what would get them the best, uh, you know, how, how could they could move centimeter by centimeter very precisely or turn on a dime better. And, like, my phone's blowing up. I'm like, oh, my God, Dragon Quest 7 8, 3DS are coming out. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, what? And I'm like, eh, whatever. Pick whatever tires you want. I don't I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm not supposed to make the decision. You guys are. I'll, I'm busy. I'll, I'll be back, you know. <laughs> so, it, and I think one of the high schoolers was like, oh, yeah, I, I've played a Dragon Quest. I think I played 8 a long time ago on a friend's, you know, PS2. Um, so, yeah, th- those were good memories. Um, I've got a... Uh, couple bad ones too um i i guess this one's more bittersweet but i remember i hadn't played a lot of jrpgs for a long time between at the end of dragon quest 4 i went off to college and just i had uh the seventh saga and that's it for like four years and then somebody turned me on emulation and i talked about this a little bit way back at our uh, final fantasy 6 episode a couple years ago like final fantasy 6 got me back into like oh wow i haven't really thought of this genre much in the past four or five years um and then you know i was like oh emulators i wonder if dragon quest or dragon warrior is ever out there any somewhere then like holy crud there's five and six how did i never know about these and uh so right after graduating college i was uh playing dragon quest five and i'm beating up the final boss and um my girlfriend at the time walks in and she's like, you know, Columbia was just destroyed. And I'm like fighting the final boss. And I'm like, like the country? How did Columbia get destroyed? Like the whole country is destroyed? She's like, no, the, the Columbia, the uh, space shuttle. I was like, oh, damn. Mm. So a- having to pause that final battle or actually you don't have to pause. I mean, it's Dragon Quest. You just don't pricks, don't don't hit attack. Um, but going down and watching that on the TV as that was sadly happening at that morning. Um, and then definitely not 
anywhere near as bittersweet as that. But uh, talking about the Dragon's Den, the uh, site I was talking about earlier, Wudis.com, we did a bunch of contests. There had been a website run by not Square Enix, but they had paid a marketing company to make one called SlimeKnights.com. And that was around for a few years when Dragon Quest VIII came out um, and they had contests and they had a forum and you could win prizes. Uh, I got a Dragon Quest VIII t-shirt. I won off there um, and then used points that I had won in other prizes to get another one. And I ended up with uh, two of the uh, PS2 Slime controllers from that as well like one of my one one of my use some points and spend a little bit of money to get but i got like two of the ps2 slime controllers both of which have melted into a pile of goo at this point and are long gone sadly those those were not made well i think wheels has the uh, same uh, problem with his old ps2 one uh-huh. but um when that website eventually shut down after i want to say it, it promoted uh, Joker 1 and Rocket Slime as well. Um, and then after a while, you know, a company paying for an entire website, giving out prizes and having its own forums and whatever. That just wasn't a very big thing after 2005, 2006, 2007. But um, I took those ideas of having Dragon Quest contests and brought them over to the den and we would do contests. And, yeah, you know, half a dozen of us would do them. We'd just get little badges. But we... Uh, did a big series of ones when all the mobile ports came out in like 2015, 2016. And based off the uh, titles from Dragon Quest IX, we had a light speed contest because there was an award for beating Dragon Quest IX fast. You'd get the light, light speed award in the game. So we're like, all right, the first 10 people to beat every game, you know, you get the light speed um, completion award on the den. And man, I was—I think I was only one of two people to beat Dragon Quest VIII on mobile, because that's a heck of a long game to sit on a mobile. And I played it on my old iPad, too. It worked all the way through. I think I had three or four cr- crashes in 70 hours, but I beat it. Um, but then as the games got shorter, the uh, it, it really heated up. And the I, I got in the top 10 on every single mobile port except for Dragon Quest One By like an hour or two, I was the 11th person who posted my screenshot of finishing that game. And I was like, no, no, uh-huh. it was too short. It was too short. Too many people beat it very quickly. So uh, that, that, that was my bittersweet Dragon Quest One memory. Like, damn you, Dragon Quest One. Why'd I have to get that extra level? <laughs> <laughs> so lots of good memories, of course. Yeah. I've got two that stick out in my mind. Um, the first one that I wrote down was um, getting Dragon Quest Eight for Christmas. The I want to say the morning of like t- Christmas 2005. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, we usually celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve that night, mainly so that I, when we were kids, we didn't wake up our parents. <laughs> so I I I had graduated college at this point, or was like a year out of college at this point, and uh, woke up early that morning and was playing Dragon Dragon Quest Eight and was just blown away by the graphics and music and just how cool it looked. And my mom woke up and saw that I was uh, up early and she was like, "Oh, you like your new game?" You know, and she usually doesn't ask me about my video games or anything and stuff. So I just thought it was kind of sweet of her. It's like, oh, you're really having fun with that. I'm like, yeah, it's really cool. Thanks, Mom. And it was just like one of those sweet memories that came to my mind. And then when we was talking, I just I, – I don't know why I blocked it out because it's it was only – 2019 but it seems like forever ago after the hell year that was last year 
But <laughs> when when my husband and I went to Japan, <laughs> and I'm in the in the electronics store for the first time, and you know it's it's basically like a big old it was big camera, and it's basically like a big old Best Buy. And just kind of wandering around, and in my brain, it's like a normal electronics store, but then I start hearing the opening Dragon Quest theme, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm hearing a Dragon Quest theme in an electronics store? And I look, and it's because they they were promoting that that Dragon Quest Go mobile game. I can't mm. remember. Walk. It I called? think it's Dragon Quest Walk. Walk. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, oh my god, I forgot. I'm in the place where Dragon Quest is practically a religion here. And I remember taking taking the escalator upstairs to the, the toy and video game department and, you know, seeing the toy department kind of come up in my horizon and in my head, it's playing the song from Boy Walk and the Chocolate Factory, the, if you go to a world of imagination... I probably just butchered the hell out of that, but that's what was playing in my head at the time. And I walk upstairs and I just see all this Dragon Quest merch and stuff, and I lose my mind. And I think I dropped like a hundred, two hundred bucks in that store alone that first day. And but though I say that the only Dragon Quest merch I bought was a um, goodie bag plush because. Mm. There was like all kinds of other stuff that I ended up with that that day, but then the next day we're running around in Akihabara, and I turned the corner and there's a 7-Eleven done up in all Dragon Quest stuff because Eleven uh, S was coming out at the time, and I was like, oh my god, it's a Dragon Quest pop up shop, and. <laughs> I run in, it plays the little door chime when you run in, which I thought was a neat touch. And then I, I run in and I go to the back and there's all this Dragon Quest stuff. And it's like, ah, I need this box of slime figurines and the slime tin and this t-shirt that I didn't realize that a Japanese large is not the same as an American large. So it's way too small for me. And I think I bought like a blind bag that I thought was a figurine, but ended up being a bath bomb. And luckily our hotel room had a bathtub so I could do the bath bomb. And the there's a slime-shaped bath bomb, and it came with a little slime figurine inside of it, which was awesome. And then I have it, but the cat keeps knocking it off my desk, so I have no idea where it is. Oh, dear. <laughs> so it's like my, my mission that whole vacation was to just do nothing but my Dragon Quest shit. So by the time I got we, we got done, I've got a huge liquid metal slime plush that I have no idea where to put because it's flat on the bottom. I don't know if it's meant to be a rug or not, but that's in my house. And I got ended up with like a couple of little slime plushes and my prize was a huge slime plush that I embarrassed myself at another electronic store because I grabbed it and it was like, oh, I'm just going to carry this thing around until we go. And I didn't realize that half of the store was set up with like a security bit. So it would just start beeping on me and this haggard Japanese guy would come over and kind of turn off the tag and I would forget and then walk through the thing again. And the guy would come and turn off the tag and I turned them and my husband was like, you realize you keep doing that. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go pay for this slime. And yeah, this, this slime is as big as a basketball and he's my favorite slime in my whole collection. <laughs> So that that's my best Dragon Quest memory is epic consumerism. 
so there's a uh, little, I guess Square Enix calls it the medium slide, because he, he's about the size of a cantaloupe. Uh, we've had, um, and I guess it's probably not too much of a spoiler, because, I mean, I've been, I've posted all about him before. But there's a, there's a slime on Twitter, Westy Blue Slime. Um, he has been passed around from friends for many years, although I think we all have our own Westy by this point. And uh, even going back like five, six, seven years ago, uh, the person who started the Westy account contacted me and was like, can I can I mail you Westy? And you take some pictures at Disney World or something and get back to me. So Westy came with me house hunting six years ago. Um, there are pictures of Westy in a bunch of empty houses. And uh, at Disney, which we went to that weekend, too, we're like, let's go look at 10 houses and then go to Disney for the rest of the day. Um, but Westy's been to uh, North Carolina. His favorite hike was going to Hooker Falls. Um I don't know what he liked so much about that, but, you know, <laughs> Westy's, you know, like Dragon Quest, a little bit uh, risque sometimes. <laughs> but it, that's a fun memory. Anytime we can uh, bring Westy with us and the kids every now and then Westy sits in the bedroom um, in my bedroom. But every now and then the kids will ask to sleep with him for a few nights or something. And it's even at age seven, they're like, can I have Westy for a few nights? I'm like, yeah, you know, and he's, he's been on vacations with us for the past four or five years. And luckily, uh, with the people, the cadre of people that take pictures and make, uh, pictures for the Westy account, uh, I think I'm the one who's, wife will actually suggest shots instead of like oh dear god you brought that to vegas <laughs> with us it doesn't leave the hotel room so, so now my so wife's like the, oh i'm on the twitter account right now is it the same slime or did you send multiple copies and it for a few years it was just the same slime because getting a west getting a slime plushie in the united states is not exactly easy yeah um <laughs> you, you like you had to go to a convention or you had to be at like pax east or something but I want to say about three or four years ago, um, they started having just the blue slime on uh, the Square Enix store. And okay. then it popped up on Amazon for like, I think I got mine on Amazon for like $15. So finally, I was like, after receiving it like in the mail twice and mailing it off a couple times. Um, but uh, there's a funny story where uh, one of the uh, people that had it brought as we call it westy prime went to go meet uh yugi hori uh in california about five years ago i think he was there maybe three years ago when dragon quest 11 was being promoted uh and at the time getting in line to get his autograph it was like oh he's only going to autograph the little card that they're handing out in line from the square enix people and then um, he, he just autographed whatever. People had games. He didn't care. He was autographing everybody's games. And the person that had Westy, like, kind of balked and was like, oh, well, you don't want him, like, signing Westy. Like, I was like, oh, my God, you haven't signed Westy's bottom. Just have him put the thing on the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Westy Prime would always be Mark. You could do that. Yeah. I, I, so, I get that, but I Opportunity also... missed. <laughs> I would also be so afraid of somebody just, you know, not ever sending Westy back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that Westy would have been retired from rotation. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, that that was pretty funny when I heard that. I was like, oh, my God, you had that opportunity and you missed. <laughs> see, my, my, see, my husband eBayed me a Dragon Quest slime, like, on our first Christmas together. Uh-huh. And I've got that one. And then I've also got my pre-order from Dragon Quest V slime. Mm-hmm. And those were my only two for a while. I always called them my boob slimes because I would, I would arrange them like boobs on my desk because I'm 12. 
And then I ended up with the one that came with the Heroes edition, um, special edition. And for a while, those were my only three. And then after the uh, Japan trip, they just multiplied after that. <laughs> I keep wanting to get me a King Slime just to kind of complete the set, quote unquote. But I haven't wanted to spend the 30 bucks yet or, you know, risk buying something from China. Because that, that's the cheapest hunt that, that they show up is that you buy it from China and you just hope that they get there, you know. Mm. But... Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm not the only person that's obsessed with slime plushes. And good for your wife being cool with slime. Oh, yeah. She's like, <laughs> you know, are you going to take it? Like, I'll have it in my backpack. And my wife's like, that'd be a good shot for Wessie. And I'm like, what? Oh, I forgot I'm in my backpack, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So um, just kind of continuing the roundtable, we've been BSing all night. But I, it, it's okay. It's what the whole point of the roundtable is for. Um favorite game in this series which i know it's hard to pick <laughs> i'm looking at all of our choices yeah uh, there first. seems to be a theme <laughs> I'll, I'll go first and then you can uh you know follow up here um it, it, it's hard for me to pick i always said for years that it was you know ask me on a different day i'll give you a different answer and for a long time it was you know nostalgic old dragon quest wise definitely four on the nes like that that was like the last jrpg i had for quite a long time and i played the heck out of it i probably played three four five times all the way through um i don't know if it taught me how to play poker or just reinforced me wanting to play poker over and over and over again because the odds on that freaking dragon quest four were so horrible um you know save lose save reset save lose reset um dragon quest five for the story um you know yugi hori has said that that's his favorite story and it's definitely my favorite story too I, it's not a coincidence that that's the one that's been turned into a movie um with all the movie's faults or whatever but still the story is the story and it's really good um and I used to say, you know, I used to have Dragon Quest VIII right up there just because how beautiful it was and it was modern and it was just everything you could really want. Uh, but that has definitely been su supplanted by Dragon Quest XI. I have no problem right now saying Dragon Quest XI is the full package. That it, It's got everything. It's got callbacks to every game. You know, you can go into a desert town and get offered a puff puff by a lady who takes you upstairs, turns the lights off, and then her dad's giving you the puff puff, um, <laughs> which is exactly what happens in a desert town in Dragon Quest three. Um, and there's lots of other Dragon Quest three kind of links there. I won't go spoiler there, but um, there, there's links to the series everywhere in there and just, you know, mini medals, everything that you could imagine that's been in the series is there in Dragon Quest eleven pretty much in some way. So, yeah, overall, that one definitely and, you know, just with with definitely like one A and one B being four and five. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's my consensus. Eleven and five are my two favorites um, with eight. All, I didn't write it down, but eight's also in there just because mm -hmm. I think all of those have have the best story overall mm -hmm. amongst the three um de definitely the most memorable story because i honestly couldn't tell you what six was or four or whatever uh, even, uh, the, even though if anybody could tell you what the story was in six they'd be lying yeah. <laughs> or they'd be yeah. dreaming but i'm bummed and seven like i don't know the overarching <laughs> story i just know all the little stories beat god kill god somebody killed god kill him yeah <laughs> And, and then, yes, there's a million little stories. Yeah. But, I mean, I think 11 was just 
the culmination of everything that they've been building towards for the past 35 years, and I thought it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And But then 5 is so heart-wrenching, but so good, and all the stuff that you go through in 5 is just cool. But then there's there's also 8, who has some of my, my favorite characters Oh, oh, just it's hard. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. But Cass, you you at least have the one. I have the one because I play four of them so far. <laughs> Man, it'd be the. <clears throat> excuse me. Let me wait. And that would be Dragon Quest Four: Chapters of the Chosen for the DS because it's the first one I played, and it's actually quite good. And it's yes. kind of amazing that you know the story itself. I imagine it's fleshed out for the DS version, but you know the way it starts off with different characters, they come together in a party. You know the the villain is relatively deep for a game of that started out on the NES slash Famicom. It's actually he's well present. Together, huh? He's present. He's there throughout the whole thing instead of like, oh hey, cool. Now we're at the end of the game. Here's an enemy. Yeah, that too. But and you know you had like good, you know we had a backstory and a mo- motivation other than I want to take over the world. Yeah. Exactly. So that's pretty neat. I, I'm sure I'll like five, eight, eleven. I I I don't know about any other ones. I'm sure I'll like those better when I finally get to them. But well, right so far I actually did quite enjoy four. Yeah. No. I mean it's it's a good one. I I think of the NES games. I think that one was the would have been the best one mm-hmm. when you look at all the spin-offs there's definitely a dragon quest 4 bias for you know those characters being in those spin-offs a lot that's right because Taloon having the spin-off and oh, he's got a whole series yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, did that start the mystery dungeon sub-series that's just the most popular version it that did it did. Nope, wow. it did yep uh because i want to say one of the producers from dragon quest 4 uh moved over and i don't know if he started chunsoft or this became that division of chunsoft that he started running but um yeah he took taloon over there and made that and yeah wow. it, it, it predated Sheeran and everything um yeah you go to the mystery dungeon wikipedia you know of course it's right uh but yeah that's the first one because Wikipedia made it out like Chunsoft has been there the whole time, but we've established that Wikipedia is never 100% right, so... Yeah, Torneco's Great Adventure um, was the first one, and Sheer and the Wanderer came out a couple years later and was Mystery Dungeon 2, Sheer and the Wanderer. Huh. And then, you know, then you start getting Chocobo and everything else. Pokemon. Oh, yeah, then, yes, I mean, after a while, it becomes Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. (laughs) But, you know, he did he did start that. And you look at um, I've played a lot of the Itadaki streets, which over here was Fortune Street. And it's usually got Alina and Christo or Kirill and a bunch of the other ones. And they're all in the Dragon Quest Heroes games and such. Yeah, I felt like 4 kind of had the most representation in the hero, at least the first Heroes game. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that far in the second Heroes. So I'm kind of moving on laterally from that. Your favorite character from the series. All right, I'll I'll go here. I'm going to say Silvando. I know somebody else will probably mention him, but he's amazing. But Mm -hmm. I I thought I'd uh, hit on some of the lesser known ones that I absolutely love. Uh, And one I just mentioned is Christo, who's now translated as Kirill in dragon quest four he's uh he, i guess he's a paladin he's not necessarily just a priest in dragon quest four he's kind of made off to be the priest in the alina chapter and i never n- picked up on this at all in the nes version but I, I, there were little hints here and there but he's absolutely in love with uh zarina alina 
Yeah, that's more obvious, at least in the DS version. Yeah, and oh my gosh, they make him a lovesick fool in Dragon Quest Heroes. He's like blubbering. He can barely do anything without saying something kind of suggestive that he kind of likes her or whatever. He can't even speak. But he was my favorite Dragon Quest IV person by far. I mean, I love Taloon. He was awesome. Got his own series, whatever. But Christo, he, he was your major healer. But also he had like the oomph spell and he could equip all of the um, like Metal King gear stuff. So you could make him like a secondary or third attack person in there. He was like Mr. Paladin at the time before they had Paladins in Dragon Quest. Um, I I just found him so awesome. He never left my party. I would rotate in, you know, Lena would be there. And if she was getting low on HP, Ragnar would come in because they he could do equal amounts of damage and you know you'd have the hero in there always and have a rotating third one but Christo was my anchor there and if nobody needed healing he I'd have spent enough time at the casino that he was hell of equipped man he was <laughs> awesome <laughs> and I'd put another one in here um, that maybe not everybody got from Dragon Quest six which is by far my lowest rated Dragon Quest but um, Kelly you ever play six? Yeah, I've just I have no memory of it. <laughs> um, Amos is an optional character. He uh, you don't even have to recruit him. And I found the Dragon Quest six cast unmemorable. E- even Terry in that game, who becomes a little cute kid in the Monsters subseries that I love. But Terry was an asshole in <laughs> Dragon Quest six. Um, but Amos was this here re- kind of like old retired hero just watching out for a town in Dragon Quest six. And the little sub story for that town is um, they were being attacked by a monster every single night and they couldn't figure out what was going on. And you come to find out that the monster is actually Amos. He's turning into a monster at night. And in the end, you defeat him and like Amos wakes up and he's like, whoa, what's been going on? And and here I am blanking because whatever Dragon Quest six is so like (laughs) I try to block it out. But you have a choice whether you tell him like, oh, my God, you were the monster. It was you. And I think if you tell him that he becomes unrecruitable, he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I got to make reparations for the town and I can never leave and da 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 da. Um, But if you choose to tell him, oh, you know, we defeated it. Don't worry. It's taking care of itself. Then he joins your party. And I just never liked the little punk ass blue hair dude um that is the dragon quest 6 hero that's a dream character or not a dream character or prince or maybe not blah 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 and the second i got amos man he looked like a dragon quest hero he had the helmet he had the sword and his little sprite and holy cow he was front and center in my party from then on like every time i play dragon quest 6 he's my hero i rush to get there (laughs) i would i would have to up my save file to see if I got him or not because I have no memory of that. <laughs> I have no memory I, of him. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not even sure that this town was necessary to have gone to. Yeah. It very well may not have been because the fact that he isn't required, you might not even have to go into the town and deal with that. So, um, you know, finding him, it may be something that people never did. And honestly, he doesn't have much of a backstory, but I, I, it was just one of the cool things and the fact that he was optional. Um, I don't know, I've played through six at least three times, Super Nintendo, mobile, and uh, on the DS. And he he's always, I love, I love Amos. He's he's the best. Don't know why, but he is. <laughs> well, um, before Eleven came out, I would have said Yangus because um, not only do I love his accent, but he reminds me of a f- friend of mine that I had that passed away that could 
could do that accent and do that very well. I mean, he didn't play Dragon Quest or anything, but uh, he was a guy I knew at the radio station, and he had a character named uh, Richard Cranium, which if you, th- <laughs> if you think about that name for a second, you'll get the joke. Oh, um, yeah, that's a very middle school joke. That's, <laughs> that's, that's great. Though. But um, he would do that kind of Cockney accent voice to review metal stuff and was very good at it. And every time Yankus would show up and would do that voice, it just reminded me of that friend at the radio station, and it became especially hard after that friend of mine passed away. Mm. And I, because of it, I just kind of had a special place in my heart for Yankus, and it made me very sad when we didn't get Yankus's spinoff game, um, which I think is another mystery dungeon. It is, yeah, Young yeah. Yankus on the PS2. Yeah, but he is my favorite character thus far um i love his axe skills and i love that he's just a giant meat shield and i i want to do a drinking game every time he says core blimey in that game <laughs> um but then 11 comes around and then gives us the treasure that is silvando and now it's hard to choose because i love everything about silvando i mean what is there to be said he, he's 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 fabulous he's he's not only fabulous but he's just so tough and one of the best characters in the game and his whole side story about you know his father and disappointing his father and then when you beat beat his dad and his dad offers to watch Sylvando's minions and he just Mm -hmm. it's like he's dying inside that whole time oh that that that's just amazingly written. He's not like your one-off, you know, I'm here for the humor. Mm. I'm here to be your, you know, typical, probably gay character, um, flamboyant person. Like, no, there's a whole, I, I, I want to say he's got the best story in the game. Yeah. Hands down. Oh, yeah. yeah. And p- part of my motivation for wanting to actually f- go play through and finish uh, 11S is because I want to see, like, his expanded story. Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten to any of them. Such a bad yeah. Dragon Quest fan. I know, right? Because it's, it's a huge game. <laughs> Too many games. So huge. Yeah. Um, and and just an honorable mention, just because I love him, R- Ruff from Six. Oh yes, Gabo. Gabo, I like. He Ruff. was from Seven. Seven. I'm sorry, Seven. Seven. My bad. Nah. The two forgettable Either. ones run together in my head. <laughs> but he was the best part of Seven. Hands oh down. yes. Gosh, and on the 3DS, having him and the uh, wolf together and the outfits that they would be in. Yes, especially oh. the sheep outfit. The shepherd, yes. Oh, yes. having the wolf dressed as a sheep was, and him riding on top, that's, yeah, that, that's that's one of the best parts. Peak awesome right there. Mm-hmm. So, and then, um, finally, to kind of wrap up the round table, your favorite song from the series? Oh, Cassandra, did we get your favorite character? Uh, it's Selena from Dragon oh. Quest IV. Oh, sorry. Again, very, again, limited <laughs> exposure to the series and such. Uh, I think she's just pretty neat, uh, tomboyish. Zarevna can hit like a truck. What mm-hmm. uh, wants to do the adventure instead of sit around and be a princess? I, I think she's pretty cool. Yeah, I was uh, listening to our uh, colleagues tangentially over at RPG Fan. They're doing four Dragon Quest episodes on RP the Retro Encounter podcast they have over there, and I thought it was awesome that somebody brought up because they're, they're doing a couple episodes on Dragon Quest Four as well, that, you know, the second you meet her, she's just, like, kicking down the wall. Oh, yeah. Out, li- literally kicking a hole in the wall to get out and be like, I ain't sitting here. Let's go. Yeah, We're going on an adventure. Fun. Yep. So, subvert that princess expectation. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, the two the two fan people were going crazy. I forgot about you, Cassandra. My bad. <laughs> That's okay. Kelly, That's you said okay. you bringing up Silvando too. Um, I, I think the Dark Horse, something I'm really hoping for, and like I can't believe it'll never happen. I like. I know we've already been told that they'll have Eric in a Monsters game if that ever happens. Mm-hmm. Still, but I gotta think. You know, we've we had Yangus Mystery Dungeon. Um, Taloon spun off his whole mystery dungeon stuff. You know, the, these really memorable characters and games get that. That's who stars in the spinoffs. Um, there's got to be some sort of Silvando spinoff somewhere. I don't know what it'll be. God, I hope it's not a gotcha game on our phone. But it, before the I mean, we've we've had Dragon Quest 11 S on every system known to man at this point. So uh, before they do that again and before we move on to Dragon Quest 12, I, I hope there's a Silvando game in there somewhere. I, at this point, I would even be happy for a Heroes 3 with him playable. I, even that. Yep. Give me that. Okay. I, I, I got to see him again. We'll see. I mean, you got you got Dragon Quest. You got Musa. That's Japan's two national sports, right? <laughs> there's got to be a third one. We'll bring Phil back on to do that episode. And it will be cursed, too. Hopefully not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, to kind of to kind of wrap up the roundtable because I mean, let's face it, we could we could go on about Dragon Quest till the cows come home. Um, do we have favorite songs? Again, as a newcomer, uh, not especially. I mean, sure, the overture is a classic, but that just seems like cheating. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, cheat too, though. <laughs> but, but it's still good. It, it it's so the fact that it's so recognizable that I heard it in an electronic store and it made my head pop up tells oh. you something. Well, yeah, it's you know it's one of the you know you know it's, it's the one of the most recognizable themes in video gaming. You know. Mm-hmm. And and just any time you boot up any Dragon Quest game, spin-off, main title, um, you know, it may have a little different variation to it, but you could just close your eyes and know what game you're opening. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my Final Fantasy, but I like that the Dragon Quest overture is very big and bombastic and just kicks right in, bump, 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 bump. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know what you're playing when you open up a Dragon Quest game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of going a little off the beaten path, though. I will say I love Ole Silvando from Eleven. <laughs> Just so so peppy. It kind of adds a little bit of a different flavor to the music. Um, gives it makes it sound a little bit a little bit more flamenco. If that's how you say that, just because of his character and I mean, just going through the series music before the show and it's like yeah that one is awesome but also i like a quiet village from dragon quest 8 and i'm gonna ruin another song for you guys i I, this is my thing now pull pull it up on youtube and it sounds like it's a small world i'll have to (laughs) hear that for myself i guess yeah 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 once you it's another one where once you hear it you can't unhear it and I wonder if that was intentional or not. Oh, I'm definitely I'm 10 seconds into it and I hear it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you have probably heard it already because I've probably put it into this episode somewhere, dear <laughs> listeners. But it, it's so peaceful. And yet, if you know it's a small world, you just can't get it out of your head. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that. that <laughs> Got to hit stop before I get that stuck in my ear all night. I'll just pull up Round Ball Rock again. You'll be okay. <laughs> But, Put on yeah. some Olay Silvando. <laughs> but yeah, um, we—I mean, you have a whole podcast about it. We could go on for Dragon Qu- about Dragon Quest forever. It's 
it's got a legacy and it deserves the legacy it has. You, I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, it's not it, hard to sell me on this. I mean, e- even the quote unquote bad games are still playable. Oh yeah. Like I said, I can't, I, I'm not a fan of Dragon Quest six. I'm not a fan of a lot of the choices, but honestly, Dragon Quest six has almost everything in it. I love about all different Dragon Quests. It's got monster recruitment. You got a monsters in your party. Um, it's got a job system, class system with multiple tiers of jobs in it. That's amazing. Um, it, I mean, it's got all the other Dragon Quest stuff too. And yes, I've played through it Super Nintendo via emulation. I played through the DS version once or twice. And the second it came out for the phones, I beat it. I remember I won a contest on Twitter with uh, the Dragon Quest Twitter probably three or four weeks after it came out and my prize was oh you get a copy of dragon quest six and i was like yeah i already beat that (laughs) so they sent me like a 20 dollar itunes gift card instead they were very nice to yeah i was like i was surprised by that because you know that actually probably cost them twenty dollars instead of you know whatever just give you a free code no that's cool and i mean what 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 much else is there to say it's it's a game that has brought all of us together as friends and i if nothing else, I appreciate it for that. And even if if I didn't like the game, I would still appreciate it for that. But the fact that it's a game that I do love the crap out of just makes it even a hundred times better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. it, and you know the biggest not criticism that Dragon Quest games have is that they're pretty much samey. And to me, that's not a bad thing, because when it comes to Dragon Quest, you always know what you're in for. Mm -hmm. You know, if if, if you want to go back to an old friend, you play Dragon Quest. If you're looking for a new experience, you play Final Fantasy. And that's what I've always said. Yep. You know, just think about how many times you go back and have vanilla ice cream. Mm. Sometimes you put the chocolate on it. Sometimes you got the mixins. Sometimes you got sprinkles. Sometimes it's crazy but with a vanilla base whatever but you know that's that's the base jrpg formula mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i look forward to playing the rest of the series at some point i yeah. envy what you have ahead of you <laughs> yeah you've got a lot ahead of you though oh, yeah. um you might want to clear your calendar if, when you get seven yeah from what i hear yeah <laughs> <laughs> i started my master's program the week that that dropped and i was like oh god this is gonna I'm going to fail out immediately. The original? No, the 3DS version. Oh, okay. I was like, well, I got full, full-time job, two kids, starting a master's program, and now you're dropping seven 3DS on me? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> At least the nice thing about seven 3DS is that it's easy to go back to if you've yep. been away from it for a while, not unlike mm-hmm. the original version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you had a, a good marking system in there, and with little kids, it's easy to just shut the 3DS and go do something else for a bit and come right back. And I, I wish that my gaming schedule wasn't so packed this year, because now I want to boot up 11S and try to get through it, but we got Shimagami Tensei 3 dropping next week, and that's going to oh, be yeah, taking up a lot of my week. time. And I, I'm a bad person. I haven't even finished Bravely Default 2. Oh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I gotta finish that, too. Um, I blame Pokemon Snap for coming out and <laughs> destroying 80 hours of my life. Not in a bad way. I, I loved every second of the game, but my God, that there was a lot of Pokemon in that game. That's a lot of. I was gonna say, my goodness, you put that in what two and a half weeks? It's been about a month because that came out like at the end of April. Okay. So. Oh, it was. It was the last Friday in April. My wife's yeah. birthday's in April, and that is the only video game she's ever asked me to buy her. 
like as a present. Like I kind of I got her Animal Crossings last year and she was like, oh, I kind of remember this. And, you know, immediately sunk 100 hours into it. Um, And then but no, this one was one she was looking forward to from the reveal last summer. So her and my son have. They have discussions about it all the time. I figure once they're done and it's all calmed down, I'll probably play it this summer. <laughs> but I'm not going to fight for that time. Yeah. Hmm. Um. That being said, I think we're going to put a put a put this one to bed since it's been go- going for quite a while. I think that barring any disasters, the next show is going to be Persona Q, so that's going to be an interesting discussion. <laughs> Oh, should be good. I, I hope I hope Mr. Wheels can come on for that. We, we shall see. But um, as a reminder, as I still to get my show notes up because I'm on the wrong tab now. Uh, where is it? Just a friendly reminder that RP, RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your one-stop shop for RPG news, reviews, impressions, a community. Hang out in our Discord. We talk about cool stuff. And yeah, this, this was the talking about the 35th anniversary of Dragon Quest, the, the most influential JRPG to ever exist. And normally I'd have something here to put you to bed with, but I will let this little Dragon Quest jingle do it for me. <laughs>